Well, over the last few weeks, we have talked about Christ our Savior, Christ our Sanctifier, Christ our Healer. And today, uh, with the Lord's, the Lord wills, we're going to try to finish up on Christ our coming King. But we're, what, nine weeks into a four-week series, so we shall see. The good thing is, there's always part two. I like that. Well, I want to ask you today, what and why should you serve Christ? Why? All right, if you believe that Christ is our Savior, that He died for us and He pardons our sins, why should you live your entire life for Him? If you believe He is our sanctifier, that, that He's the one that makes us like Him, That if we listen to His Spirit, we can be morphed, changed, transformed to be more like Him. But the question that I pose today is, why should you? Why should you leave or renounce the life and the lifestyle that you want to live and follow a man that lived 2,000 years ago? We were talking last week, and we had such an amazing response. I I was overwhelmed all week about the response that Christ our healer, and there were so many needs, so many people present that came down, and, and it touched my heart. It penetrated my very spirit to know that, that Christ is our healer. But should Christ heal us, and should we live a hundred years or plus on this earth? Why should you trust him? Why should you follow him? The question is posed and the answer is simply that he is coming back. We're not living for Christ just in this life. The hope of heaven should be the joy of the Christian life. I love serving Christ. I love following Him. I love feeling His presence. And when we're praying or we're singing together and you feel the presence of God and it gives you the little goosebumps, you know, and it's just like, man, that is fantastic. And I've been in situations and circumstances where you could just feel the presence of God in the room. And it's like, yes, I love this, but this is not why I live for Him. If we have a hope that of the Christian life that we are going to not only live on this world and in this life, but there is a life to come, and there is a hell to shun, and there is a heaven to gain, and I don't know about you, but I believe, I, I kind of stand like Joshua, you can do what you want, but as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord, because there is a heaven to come. And this is the bedrock foundation of Christianity. This is what Paul said about the subject. Talking to the church in Corinth, and they were struggling with the things of this world. They were kind of wrestling with living in this world. And and the the problem with living in this world, we keep our eyes down here. And when we keep our eyes down there, we never look up. And we never see what's coming. Paul said, if only for this life we have hope in Christ. We are to be pitied more than all people. Christ does a lot for us in this life, but we're not living for this life. 
That's why the Bible constantly tells us that we're aliens, we're foreigners, we're strangers. We are citizens of the heavenly kingdom. We're not citizens of this world. We're ambassadors for Christ. Our Heaven is our home. I, I like the old songs that we were singing last week. Nancy said, you know, have, did you notice that all the songs we sang talked about life and death and life to come? And there's, there's so much theology in a lot of the songs that we were singing at the hymn sing last week. And, and, and it is well with my soul. It was talking about the Lord's return. See, the adversary of our soul wants us to get preoccupied with this life. Wants us to get preoccupied with the things we do, where we live, where we go. All the things about this life. Because he knows if he can keep us uh, focused and centered in this life, we won't focus on, on heaven to come. People that have, have sold their, their life toward Christ, that have decided that they are going to follow him, that have heaven as their goal, are unstoppable. That's why the adversary doesn't want you to think about heaven. We have to have an eternal perspective. So I want to talk to you today about what's to come. You say, well, are you a prophet? Can you foretell the future? No, I can't, but yes, I can. I can't tell the future, but the Bible does. And you say, well, why should I trust the Bible? Do you, do you realize that the Bible was written over 2,500 years by 66 different uh, books and 40-plus authors, and there's not any... Any disagreements in the scripture? Did you know that Jesus was prophesied that he would come and where he was born 750 years before he was ever even born? It's just amazing. You can scour the pages and you can look to see if there's anything that, that is wrong. There's not one prophecy in the scripture that has not come true. It's amazing. Dennis, I'm glad you're home. It's amazing that you can trust the Word of God. You can, you can put your faith and hope and confidence in it. It is the only book, it is the only book that is inspired by the Holy Spirit that is the very words of God for you and I. Well, a lot of times we look at it and we say, well, it's, it's kind of like a, it's a road map on how to, how to get to heaven. And it's really not. It's really more of a book about relationships. Because sometimes we, and I don't know why I'm off on this, except I forgot my notes so I can go anywhere I want. Um, <laughs> so, you know, but sometimes we look at it and we say, okay, we, we do this checkoff list. Okay, I, I accepted Christ as my personal Savior and I've been baptized. And we look at it like a book of rules and regulations and, on how to get to heaven. And we check off all the lists and we say, okay, we're ready to go. And that's not what Christ really wants from any of us. He is passionate about having a personal relationship with each and every one of us. The Bible is not a checklist. It's a, it's, a, it's a book on how to have a relationship with Christ and how to have a relationship with one another. And not just a bad relationship, but a relationship that will last for eternity. So, let's, let's go on. 
Look at the passage of Scripture we were reading. I, I love this because Paul goes on and, and he's talking to the church in Thessalonica or Thessaloniki and, and he's, he's talking to them. He, they were grieving because some of them had, had died and, and he's reminding them of, of those that have died in Christ, those that knew Christ when they died, and he gives them this hope. He says, And now, brothers and sisters, I want you to know what will happen to Christians who have died so you will not be full of sorrow like people who have no hope. It's, it's amazing. Now, when somebody dies that you know and you love, there's sorrow. But when they know Christ, it alleviates. It, there's, an, there's an undergirding of faith and hope that you know you're going to see them again. I mean, I, 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 I have spoke at... at funeral services, and, and, and I was connected with a few um, of the homes that, that, that performed services, and, and sometimes I, I would preach a, a sermon or a, or a funeral service of a family that did not know Christ. And though I would try to offer hope and encouragement, I, I remember one in particular, we, we spoke and then we went to the, to the cemetery and at the graveside, I spoke of the resurrection to come. And at the end, when they were saying goodbye, there were family members that would not leave the casket. They were literally draped over the casket, weeping and crying. And I sat there, or stood there, and, and I wanted to offer them some encouragement. But I understood that they were not Christians. They didn't have the same belief. They didn't have the same comprehension. They did not know Jesus Christ. And they were sitting there, and for them, that was the last time they were going to see him. They were grieving. Then I've been to services for Christians. One in particular, I remember that when, when the uh, gentleman passed away, his request was, the song I want you to sing is, I'll Fly Away. We had a good church service. There was a hope and a faith and a confidence. Paul is saying when, as Christians, we'll sorrow when people around us pass on, but there's a hope that we have. For since we believe that Jesus died and was raised to life again, we also believe that when Jesus comes, God will bring back with Jesus all the Christians who have died. This is going to be awesome. You say, well, when's this going to happen? Man, I hope it happens today. But I get excited about it. Can you tell I get excited about this? This is like my favorite topic ever. Uh, Look what he says, I can tell you this directly from the Lord. Paul heard this from the Lord. Out in the desert, he went to the Arabian Bible Institute. He said, we who are still living, when the Lord returns, will not rise to meet him ahead of those who are in the graves. For the Lord himself, the Lord himself, no, notice, it's the Lord himself. I was talking to you about this relationship that he has. You, do you know the Lord's just sitting up there? And I, if he, I, I can just see him just antsy. When's, it, when, when's the time going to happen? When's it going to happen? Because when, when, when God says, hey, go get him, man, he is going to be happy. 
He is waiting for that day to come back. And the Bible says the Lord himself, he's not sending the archangels. He's not sending cherubims. He's not sending seraphims. He's not sending anybody else. But Christ himself is going to come to meet you. Are you getting this? Wow. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a commanding shout. You know, like when he, when he stood before the grave and said, Lazarus, come forth. When this time when he shouts, all the dead in Christ are going to rise. All of those that are alive and remain will be caught up. I'm getting ahead of myself. Uh, with the call of the archangel and with the trumpet call of God, first all the Christians who have died will rise from their graves. Then together with them, we who are still alive and remain on the earth, will be caught up to the clouds to meet the Lord in the air and remain with him forever. Do you know how fast that's going to happen? Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15, he says, I want to tell you a mystery. He said, in the moment, in the twinkling of an eye, as fast as it is to, to blink, when the Lord says with a shout, the dead in Christ are going to rise. We're going to go meet him in the air. And in the air, we are going to be transformed from mortal to immortal. Then you've got to catch this. I can see a two-parter. He's going to remain, we're going to be with him forever. We're going to be transformed to be like him. You know why we're going to be transformed? Because he is going to pour on us so much of his presence and spirit that this body would be consumed, that we have to have a body that's without sin, that's pure, that is eternal. So when he lavishes his presence and glory and radiance on us, we won't burst into flames. And if you've ever felt the presence of God, imagine it about 10,000 times what you've ever experienced. And, and just, man, this is going to be an, an amazing event that is going to happen. And it's the very next thing when the Lord comes back. I love that. Meet the Lord in the clouds. I, I, a few years ago, I don't know if I've told you this, this is just one of the blessings of being 50 plus is that you don't remember anything. Uh, I'm constantly meeting new people. Uh, I remember a few years ago, I, I had, and I can't tell you if it was a dream or a vision, and I don't, you know, I had weird dreams last night, but it was because I had too much chili, and I, I got that. Um, but I know this one was from the Lord. You ever had a dream that you knew was from the Lord? I remember I, I, I dreamt one, one night that I, I or I, I don't know if, it was, if I was dreaming or I had a vision, but I was just, I was, working and I was working with some some Christians alongside me and and I, we were just working and have you ever you ever been driving or just out and you watch the sunrise come up and right before it peaks over the mountains it, you get that little brilliance and you know oh the sun's getting ready to come up so I looked over and I said oh the sun's coming up and I know and I remembered in an instant it wasn't the sun because the sun was behind me and everybody instantly said it's the Lord and the next thing I know, in, in this dream, I, we were moving in the heavens toward him. And the feeling in my spirit, when I woke, this feeling in my spirit was so pure and so 
awesome. I've just hung on to that because, and I don't know if it's going to be exactly like that, but I do know if it's anything like that, I want it. It's incredible, and it's going to happen. And look what he says. Comfort one another with these words. Why should you have to have comfort? Because this life offers a lot of pain and sorrow. This, offer, this life will offer you grief. This life is going to be not a, a, it's not a bed of roses. This life has a lot of great things, but it also has a lot of bad things. This life has a lot of good things to offer, and this also has a lot of trials and, and difficulty. But I do know this, that when we comfort one another with these words that, hey, though you're walking through the valley of the shadow of death right now, you can fear no evil, for He is with us. And man, when He, when he comes back, wow. I like the bumper sticker, the Lord's coming back and boy is He mad. He's not mad. He's looking back. He's, he's coming back for his bride. I remember when my, my wife and I got married, I remember some of it. I remember walking up the aisle with the pastors, and I remember we were standing here, and, and the pastors were standing here, and then they had all the, you know, the brides, the grooms and, the, and men and all that. They were all standing there. And then they made the, the, the started playing the music. The wedding, uh, what is it, the wedding? Yes, that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I, I, know, I remember looking in the back of the church, it was about this long, and, and the doors in the middle opened, and she came through. And the last thing I remember is seeing her in her wedding gown, and I don't remember anything else. My eyes were fixed on her. I can't tell you what what the pastors in fact i've watched the video a few times i still can't tell you what they said because every time i see it when i see her that's where my focus is at think about christ where do you think his focus is going to be he died for us he bled for us He's pardoned us. He's forgiven us time after time after time after time. And it's not because of our goodness and our character. It's because He loves us. We are the bride of Christ. Wow! The passion that should be in our heart for Him because He loves us with an unconditional love. Encourage one another with these I've told you my, my very favorite of all bumper stickers. I, have you noticed I read bumper stickers? Um, I like the one that said, we're all God's children, but I'm his favorite. Kind of have that, if you kind of have that thought in your mind. How, how do you expect that day? I, I told you, you know, I had that little like, dream. How do you expect the day of the Lord to come? It's going to be amazing. We do know this. First Thessalonians, Paul says that, that we know quite well that the day of the Lord will come unexpectedly, like a thief in the night. We don't know the day nor the hour. It kind of gives us a, some general parameters of things that will be occurring in the world, you know, wars and rumors of wars, and, and we know that there's going to be some things that are set up. But the reality is, we can look at it and we can say, well, it's going to take a while to, for that to happen. Can I ask you a question? How long did it happen? How long did it take for the economy to tank in 2009? Overnight, it came on us unexpectedly. 
things can happen a lot faster than what we anticipate. That's why the scripture says always be prepared and ready. Keep your relationship with him stoked, red hot. Don't allow yourself to be encumbered by the affairs of this life. Always keep your mind and your heart on him. Because that day is coming. And that day is going to come soon. And it's the day that you and I, as God's children, as the bride of Christ, that's what we're looking for. That's our, where our hope is, is the return of Christ. And you say, well, why should I serve Christ? Because he's not only offering you salvation in this life, he's giving you eternal life. And that's why we should serve him. So what happens after that? You know, I'm, I'm, kind, of, I'm kind of toying right here because I, I don't know if I want to stop right here and pick up the rest of this part two. But in my heart, I just want to keep going. But I know that there's children's ministry workers out there that may send me to be with Jesus sooner. <laughs> Tell you what, I think we are going to stop. Oh, Pastor Sam, would your praise team come? I want, to, I want to go one more, and then as they're coming. Right after, what, what happens next? What happens right after the, the, what we call the rapture of the church when Christ comes back? The Bible says in Revelation 19, 9, Then the angel said unto me, this is John, he's on the Isle of Patmos, he said, Right, blessed are those who are invited to the wedding supper of the Lamb. Here again, talking about a wedding. The wedding supper of the Lamb. Whose wedding is it? It's ours. It's ours. It's easy to overlook terminology and say, oh, and just read it. But man, you have to catch what he's saying. Right, blessed are those who are invited to the wedding supper of the Lamb. And then he adds, these are the true words of God. Do you know what's going to happen right after the Lord comes back? We're going to be with him at a feast, a wedding supper. It's going to be one of the glorious things that you could ever experience. This life has things that are fabulous to behold. But I promise you this, by the word of the Lord, by God's promise to us, that everything in this world pales in comparison to when the Lord returns. And you do not want to miss it. He's coming back. And he's coming back for a bride. And he is coming back for those that have, have made themselves ready for him. Can I encourage you today? Hold on to that truth. And if you're wrestling with something in your life, if you're going through some trials in your life, if you're going through some difficult times in your life, would you look at what is, to is coming ahead? And would you look at it with the, with the eyes and of, the, of the Spirit? And would you understand that Christ is returning for you? For you.
because he loves us.